Hello everyone. I'm your Tilaka Kumar, the host of Selecta podcast. This podcast is dedicated to inspire and empower women to pursue an excellence career by filling the gender gap, to live to the fullest of her potential and to achieve financial independence. I will be interviewing amazing successful women sales leaders and entrepreneurs from India and around the globe. Where we discuss their sales journey, their challenges, their wins and much more. Let's dive in. So I welcome today's guest Gina Strakosi. Hi Gina. Hi. Thank you. So let me introduce you first. She is a co-founder of Women in Sales Leadership Forum, a program director at Institute for Strategists at Gina Strakosi Consulting, and her mission is inspiring, empower women in sales leaders to give voice to their ambitions, leverage their strengths. and reach their highest potential through leadership development mentoring and growth hi uh, geena how are hi you? <laughs> thanks for having me I appreciate it yeah it's my honor to have you here and i know you have having a uh, 20 years uh, experience in corporate sales so first and foremost like how the sales journey started well i like to joke around that my sales career actually started when i was very young my grandfather's vase got broken my version of the story that i pitched to my parents won out over my brothers as the most believable so that was the beginning of my uh, sales career because i knew i could be persuasive and from there it i have been doing sales pretty much my whole career in one form or another and what i loved about it right from the start was just the idea that you can help people and you can help them be successful while you're being successful and you can teach them and train them and give them something they need which is what makes sales so exciting wow i started really the very beginning of my sales career was in the commodities world the futures markets and that was a very male dominated industry it still is but it is better than it was 25 years ago and it was a really tough industry nobody wanted to deal with women nobody thought they could do it because it isn't just selling you have to understand the markets too and then you have to convince people that you know enough about the markets that you can invest their money for them and you deal with a lot of producers you know farmers and cattle people and all of those so if you can imagine you're in a male dominated world in futures but you're also dealing with men producers and farmers and it took a lot of convincing that i could help them and that i knew what i was doing and they could trust me and i would care for their money like it was my own so that really got me so interested in sales generally speaking because i realized that the level of influence that i was actually capable of and i wanted to use it for good instead of evil you know persuading people can sometimes be construed as you know very self-serving but the great thing about sales is that you really are you're building the trust that's the persuasive part of it but you're actually doing something for 
your customers. And that's what I really liked. So it was a win-win for me right from the start. From there, I I went on to sell every type of thing you can imagine, you know, telephone <laughs> services and technology sales, you know, it just all of it. So I and I I just enjoy it. Have you faced any challenges in sales being a woman? Well, the biggest was the commodities because especially within my own office when I announced that I was going to go for my broker's license. The men, they laughed at me. They they mocked me. They took bets that I wouldn't be able to pass the exam. <laughs> it was really daunting, but it also made me realize like, oh, it's on. Because once somebody, you know, scorns you that much, you cannot back down, or at least I couldn't. So it's always been that kind of challenge at and even in technology sales, especially back then, it was all very male-dominated. And not everybody was as mean as the men in the commodities office, which I did end up winning their respect and things got better. But there was always this kind of doubt. And, you know, you would say something in a meeting and they just kind of look at you like you had three heads. You know? <laughs> and after a while, you know, it gets kind of like... You get disillusioned if it's constant. You know, it kind of wears you down. But I always found a way to make the best of it, do the best I could for my clients and move on. It has improved a great deal, I would say, but it there are still a lot of challenges for women. And it's a little discouraging that the women that come through our program, the forum, still talk about same of the, some of the same stuff that I dealt with 25 years ago. It's like, what? Oh, how can that still be happening? But it does. So it's and as more countries come online, um, India, for instance, and more women get into sales, they are going to face those same things. So I, I really applaud you for what you're doing. You're you're blazing a trail for them and showing them that they have something to offer And their sales, as you know, can be financially liberating and you can earn more money then you can even as, you know, a scientist or any of the kinds of things that you might do Absolutely. that take a lot of learning and you can take that learning and put it to work for clients and make a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, by making money, it also gives you the respect, the identity. Yes. Yes. And my fight in terms of what I do is to elevate really strong sales, women sales leaders into actual leadership positions wow. because that's the next hurdle. Yes, more and more women are been given the opportunity to sell and to benefit from the lucrative nature of it. But the next hurdle is getting them into the C-suite and getting them the executive level opportunities that should be next. And that, that is still a barrier that we have to break. First of all, before we talk about in detail about your forum, Women and Saves Leadership, I want to know like how it's all started. I'm curious to know. It's a good question. And it really goes to the heart of what we were just discussing, because the Institute for Excellence in Sales is a membership organization, which I belong to, I have belonged to since 2018, I think, or maybe 2017. And within that organization, like a lot of professional organizations, there were like little split out groups, one of which was the women in sales. And we would do 
social activities, but we would do panel discussions and workshops and activities where we could really kind of drill down on what what is happening for women in sales and what support they need. The membership organization part of IAS is driven by the employers, and then they send their employees to the groups. The employers were saying, gosh, be interesting to know what you find out in these women's groups, because we're giving women a lot of opportunities, but they're not speaking up in meetings, and they're not sharing their ideas, and they're not going for these opportunities. And the women in the workshops and in panel discussions are saying, we're not getting these opportunities and no one is listening to us. And we get talked over in meetings. And I thought, there is a serious disconnect here. And it became obvious that the, the problem is not really any one thing. It is corporate cultures that are sometimes invisible and still play to men more than women. And it is often the way women are socialized to not ruffle feathers and not speak up and not say, please, Bob, wait for me to finish speaking before you start. So both sides need to do some work. And what we decided with the forum was we need something that has real impact, that isn't just a one day lunch workshop. We need something that takes women on a journey and figures out like what is happening in your company because most companies are really well-meaning. They want to elevate women. There's just this inner conflict that nobody knows how to dismantle yet. It's happening little by little, brick by brick, but it's still there. And the beautiful thing about the forum is when you get women on these journeys, they realize like, okay, I'm the only one who can help myself. While these, while that brick wall is still there, even though it's coming down, I have to start speaking up. I have to give air to my ambitions. I have to let people know what I want. I have to not be afraid to say, I want that VP role and I'm going after it just the way men do. Somehow ambition has gotten a very masculine sense about it. And we need to change that. It's really okay for women to be ambitious and to go after what they want and and tell people what they want. So that is a lot of what we focus on in the forum is, yes, there are still hurdles and unconscious bias that happens in companies But you can't necessarily change that, at least all by yourself. You can control these things. So let's work on those and let's figure out what it is you want to do, what you're really good at, and how to build on those skills. So that's really what the forum is all about. And it it was born out of that utter frustration that both sides were feeling. You could see it. So it has been a journey that has been far more than I could have ever imagined. I I am honestly humbled by the response and how women react to this opportunity to just talk openly and honestly, like, this is what I want. This is what drives me crazy. This is what I'm really good at. So it's like, okay, that's what drives you crazy. Let's sidestep that. Let's figure out how you can you know, allocate that to somebody else and figure out how you're going to get what you want. I have never felt such joy about what I do. 
I have felt great satisfaction in my work, but the joy I get from the forum is unbelievable. Wow. It's so interesting. You know, I truly, I never seen such forum in India. Well, let's get one going. Yeah. We are now, because we're virtual, we have people from Europe in the program and I have people interested from Tokyo and Australia. I always feel bad because like they will have to do it in the middle of the night or something, but they're like, yeah, we're used to this. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get some women from India in there. Yeah, sure. And uh, what is that skills uh, do you think the leader in women should have, should prepare themselves to go to that leadership role? Well, honestly, they are all the things that are inherently part of us. You know, empathy has gotten a lot of press over the two years since the pandemic started. Everyone has realized that without empathy, we never would have gotten through it. I mean, it's not that it's completely over, but if we weren't putting ourselves in the other person's shoes, then we never would have made it. But that's not a skill that comes naturally to every man, but it does to women. And because we are naturally empathetic, we are also naturally good listeners. And we are driven by the goal of nurturing what is in front of us. And that is not just in a maternal way. It, for us, most women want everyone to come out better after whatever the involvement is. So from the point of view of sales and sales leadership, as leaders, one, women always excel at sales and their numbers are far better than men. When it gets into leadership, women are so good at nurturing their teams. They are also good at hiring more diverse teams. Women stay in their roles longer than men. That is both good and bad. They stay with their companies longer, which is a good thing. One of the things that happens to women once they get into those first rungs of leadership is they get kind of stuck. And a lot of times it's because they can't work late or they can't go to those networking things because they need to get home or they need to pick up their kids or get dinner on the table or whatever the case is. So men have that extra visibility, which makes it easier to elevate them quicker. So sometimes the things that make women really great leaders can also hold them back Hmm. because while they're nurturing their teams, they're also nurturing their families or caring for elderly parents or whatever, whatever their world is. The one thing that the pandemic has done is it's kind of leveled the playing field in that with everybody at home, it opened the eyes of a lot of men for one thing. They had no idea like what it's actually like in the afternoons at home, like when school is done and then dinner needs to get made and homework has to be finished and all of those things. It was like, wow, this is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. And if you go to the office too, and then you come home and you work another eight hours, it's exhausting. So it did open the eyes for a lot of men. And we have a lot of allies. I never want to, I never want to villainize men because that's really not the case. It is now, what are we going to do with this knowledge that we have? Are we going to slide back into normal? 
or are we going to progress and allow women to be the great leaders they can be? And revenues, the perception in in society, everything increases when women lead. So it is really now it's the time for companies to capitalize on those inherent talents that women have and really make the most of it instead of sliding backwards. I mean, the the frightening thing, and I can't speak to India or even globally, but I know in the United States, the number of women that left the workforce during the pandemic for the reasons we discussed of, you know, lack of childcare and homeschooling and all of that set our gains that we had made back at least a decade, which is really frightening really frightening. So I hope that the skills that we innately have will be put to use instead of just ignored again. Yeah, rightly said, uh, the economy will also, you know, benefit if there are more women in leadership. And I also want to open up the topic of women entrepreneurship. I mm. think the leadership skill is so important. What do you yes, think? yes. Well, and that's everything that that makes women good leaders really makes them great entrepreneurs, too, because they have the tenacity, they have the creativity, they have the nurturing to build strong teams. The unfortunate thing with entrepreneurs, and I was talking with a guest on my podcast, women entrepreneurs can't get the level of funding of male entrepreneurs unless they have a male partner which goes to show that there is still extraordinary bias in the financial world, in the backing world, in the banking world toward men. And until we change that, women entrepreneurs are not going to be able to excel at the rate they should. I'm really hoping that's different in India because every Indian woman I have ever met has just brimmed with ideas and enthusiasm and knowledge and intelligence. And I've just been in awe. And I think, you know, that given the opportunity and the funding, women could cure all the ails of such a huge country. I really believe that. Very true. But somehow, uh, I also feel uh, there is a huge gap between the executive level, then moving to a leadership role. Mm -hmm. What do you think uh, to fill the gap? Well, that is really what the forum is about. Because when I read the statistic, like four years, maybe even five now, that women get into that management roles, you know, manager, senior manager, director, senior director, they stay there for on average a decade, a decade, men, three to five years. That's what we need to change. And really it's up to women to change it because what happens for women a lot of times, and you know, so much is generalization, but you, you generalize based on the experience that you've, you've watched, you've seen, is that women get into these roles and then they they take on more and more work. They don't say no to unreasonable requests. And really what that ends up doing is, one, cementing them into that place. If we don't find a way to move ourselves up by more visibility, 
by sharing our ideas, by speaking up in meetings, by not letting people speak over us, by finding strong allies, finding sponsors who will pull us up with them in the company, get mentoring, all of those things. That is how we're going to raise our visibility and get the promotions that will take us into the executive level. Putting our heads down and working really hard and thinking that someday somebody's going to notice and they're going to say, Gina, your turn. Come on. Doesn't happen. So we need to start making noise. That's the bottom line. And that's what the forum is about. It's making controlled noise that gets you where you need to go, gets you the visibility you want and, and need you have to take those risks in order to get into the executive level. I truly agree upon uh, your statement, you know, because even I experienced the same. When I was just thinking, okay, uh, they will come back and they'll, you know, they'll elevate me and they'll give me promotion, increment, everything. I was under impression, if I am deserve, I'm going to get it. But later after listening all the other success stories, I opened up. You know, I like argued or I was discussing with my management. This is what I've done. This is what I want to go. Help me out how to reach there. That kind of conversations, they also supported to elevate me. I think that is necessary. Absolutely. One of the things I like to tell women too is we tell our children or our friends, we give them advice. People can't read your mind. So you tell, you might tell your children, The teacher can't read your mind. They don't know if you know something or don't know something. So speak up. Let them know what you know. Or if somebody's making you feel uncomfortable, if you don't tell them, they don't know. So it's the same thing in our careers. We can't imagine that people can read our minds that what we want is that new opportunity or we want a chance to try something new within the company. We have to show them that we want it. We have to ask for it. Ask to get on a project. Say, let me, let me help out with this. I've always been very interested in it. Figure out what your superpower is and say, and this floors people. When you say, I am really good at this. I'm happy to take that on. Nobody's going to say no to that. But if you don't, if you just sit there and think, gosh, I really would have loved to have been on that project. That's not going to help anybody. Not them, not you. So yeah, I applaud you for speaking up. Yeah, Gina, there is a question from the audience. Uh, Eureka, hi Eureka. So do you experience resistance when you're leading men? How do you deal with it? Uh, Well, that's a very good question. And it really depends on the men or the man. And like I said, because most men are are cool. They're, you know, they've got wives, they've got sisters, you know, they're, they're generally fine. You will always find somebody whose ego gets a little bent. Sometimes it's older men who are led by younger women. That really doesn't always work out too well, but it's the best thing you can do is show them that you have their back, that you're not thinking you're better than them, but just, you know, putting handing out the olive branch a little bit. And I always always pick on Bob, you know, inviting Bob into your office and (laughs) asking him, (laughs) 
how things are going and what really excites him work-wise and what he would like to be doing and how are things going. Keeping those lines of communication open and making special efforts to reach out can make a big difference to the reaction you get. And yeah, there will always be men who aren't comfortable with being led by a woman, but you can just keep leading by example, keep trying to include them. If they get to the point where they're really being obstructive, that's when you have to you know, call them in and say, I feel like you have a problem. Let's discuss it. And if they don't want to discuss it, or if they're defensive or confrontational, then if you have an HR department, you might want to include them. But honestly, I most of the time, if you're human to human and just talking to them, like, it seems like you're upset. How can I help you? What's going on? Usually that disarms them. And sometimes people mm-hmm. just get their feelings hurt because maybe they wanted that job or whatever the case is. So giving them the opportunity to speak and showing them that you are interested. And then when you ask them what's bothering them, just let them talk. Just letting them talk is an amazing bridge. And uh, the question is like, what is the advice you want to give for such women who just, uh, you know, behind, whether to ask, whether to ask promotion, how to move forward, how to approach, like for a woman, the aspiring uh, woman to lead to leadership role. Right. Right. Well, here is one piece of advice that I give everyone that comes into the forum. Start tracking every success, every effort you did to help a team, every report you wrote that helped someone move a sale up or whatever the case is. Keep track of what you're doing, because when you go in for your review or you see a position posted that you want to go after, then you can say, these are the things that I've done that I believe put me in a strong position to be successful in that role. When we sit there and we can't tell people exactly what we've done, it makes it harder to convince them that we're right for the role. Mm. And the same thing goes with raises. When it comes time to talk about your review and getting a raise, be prepared with ammunition. Keep a record. Keep that. And look back on it, too. When you're having a tough day, just open that file up and say, look at what I've done. I've done all these great things. Today's a little not so great, but I've done all these wonderful things. And I'm really good at what I do. And having that proof will make those conversations a lot easier. I think that's a great piece of advice. Uh, I totally believe in it. Same. Uh, Gina, the, we are almost in the closing. So want to know, like, is there any daily routines? Because I also believe the daily routines, you know, few mm-hmm. follow certain routines, which we can all follow. If anything that you follow, you want us to, you know, practice. Well, I haven't always been the best. I'll be honest. I haven't always been the best at following absolute routines. But what I do for myself, I do try to get my dogs out and go for a walk early in the morning. 
because just the air and the sunshine, hopefully, <laughs> wow. uh, really makes a big difference. It wakes you up, but it also sets your mood. You know, planting your feet on the ground, getting some air in your lungs, clearing your head a little bit for the start of the day, rather than diving into your emails like the second you roll out of bed or even before you roll out of bed for a lot of us these days, that really can set the tone. If And if you get a couple of upsetting emails before you've even put your feet on the floor, it sets the day in the wrong way. Yeah. So I like to get air and get out. And if you don't have dogs, just take a walk on your own. I like to listen to podcasts that are motivational. I sometimes listen to health ones and it really makes a big difference. Do you want to suggest any book, uh, anything? Uh... Oh, gosh. Well, podcast-wise, there's so many books. I, I should have thought of that beforehand. But podcast-wise, TED Talks daily are rarely good. Wow. Um, yeah, and there's there's one that I found recently. We can do hard things. And this is a woman who started this during the pandemic. And it really wasn't about the pandemic, but it got to be kind of a mantra. You know, we can do hard things. We can get past this. And she has some really interesting guests on. And it's all kinds of human issues, human nature issues. And then, of course, Brene Brown. Anything with Brene Brown, I absolutely wow. love. And there's a lot. She just loses wisdom. And uh, Gina, there are two questions if you have time or else sure. we can close. Yeah, she's, she's asking, uh, what is the best way to negotiate salary and scope of work? And that is a really good one. The keeping track of, of your successes and, and your accomplishments and what have you, that is a good way to negotiate for salary. And knowing what a position should pay, you know, you're not always going to know what your counterparts make or anything of that nature, but knowing what your the position should pay, making sure you're at that level. And also, if you're, this happens to women a lot. It goes back to that thing I was saying that they, it's hard for women to say no. And so they end up with way more on their plate. And that makes that moving up harder as well. So if you feel like your scope of work is creeping out and suddenly way more than you're getting paid for, documenting what your actual role is. And then documenting what your day looks like based on all these other things that have been put on your desk. It goes a long way to having a rational conversation. These are the things that I was hired to do. These are my job tasks. These are, this is the way I meet those. These are my goals. I've met all my goals. This is extra. And I would like to talk about how I can be remunerated for it or move it to someone else's situation. The more logical you can be, the more matter of fact, the more you can document things without coming off as angry or annoyed, which is easy to get when everyone's dumping things on you, the more successful you're going to be. Yeah. What I have done now, Angina, is like, what is the uh, management expectation since mm -hmm. yeah. sales, like, what is that? What is that they want me to achieve down the line three years? If they feel that we are worth, we are potential to make that happen equal to what they expect. Absolutely. Especially if when it comes to negotiating for salary, if you've been meeting and exceeding your goals and 
finishing every task and, and whatever your your position looks like. That is a strong indicator based on their because the quotas and the and the deadlines and all of that, that is their their dictation yeah. to you of what is expected. And if you have met or exceeded that, then you have plenty of room to negotiate for salary. Absolutely. And if you're then also doing all these other things, you have even more room to negotiate for a higher salary. And the last question is, uh, what are the ways you stay grounded and take care of yourself? (laughs) Well, yes. I mean, the walking is one thing. I also run. I do yoga. Strength training is something that a lot of women shy away from because they think, you know, I, I don't want to get all muscular. Like you won't get muscular. You'll get <laughs> you'll get conditioned. You'll get toned. But it it, it is it will improve everything. Your it, your your breathing, your oxygen rate, your your bone density, your skin elasticity. I mean, it's it's just extraordinarily beneficial. Lifting something and and feeling powerful is a great way to stay grounded. Because, you know, sometimes at the end of the day, you feel frazzled and just annoyed. And and then you got all this other stuff you got to deal with once work is done. (laughs) Taking half an hour for yourself every day and doing something physical, for me, that is like the best way to stay grounded. And when I don't do it, I feel it. Wow. (laughs) The last is uh, what is the one thing it's secret for you to become successful wherever you are today? Well, I would say that many times along the way, I would know something to be true, but I hadn't actually tested it out myself, but I just knew it was true. So I presented it like I had absolute personal knowledge of it. And I was very persuasive and it got, it opened the door, it laid the way, it allowed something to happen and it was proven right. So um, I guess you could say I fibbed a little here and there. Um, some people call it fake <laughs> it till you make I it. it. Yeah. I think it's intuition, right? Listening your own intuition also people say. Yes, yes. And that's the thing. You've got to listen to your intuition. As women, we have to listen to our intuition. It will tell you what you need to know. We do a whole session in the forum on intuition. Wow. Yeah, this woman is fabulous, really fabulous. Kiara Fenderson. I'll introduce you on uh, on LinkedIn. Sure, sure. So, Gina, how we have to approach you or your program? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn, Gina Stracuzzi. You can find us on the Institute for Excellence in Sales website. It's a funny website name. It's i4esbd.com. <laughs> But if you just look up Institute for Excellence in Sales on Google, you'll find us. Maybe I can put it in my description of this channel so that the yes, link of yes. IES. Yes. And you can, I'll give you my email address or you can feel free. You've got it to drop sure. it in there. And um, sure. I'm happy to respond to anybody. Yeah. So thank you, Gina. It's, it's wonderful to have you and a lot of insights on leadership. I hope every audience might have got much of benefit from you. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to Sell Life Her podcast. Do subscribe and share so that it reaches the maximum women to get benefit by listening successful women's stories. Let's join together and support each other to change the face of sales. Meet you in the next episode. Until then, bye. Take care.